want to know that no taxpayer's dollars is going in the expansion of settlements for detaining children. I can't control what Israel does with its money. From the Minnesota Reformer, this is Reformer Radio. I'm Max Nesterak. Representative Betty McCollum is a fierce and longtime critic of Israel's military occupation and human rights abuses, once a lonely and politically precarious position. When the bullies come after you, um, it's hard to do sometimes, but you just can't let them intimidate you or shut you down. You have to stand up. Even before the latest bout of violence killed at least 230 Palestinians and 12 Israelis, McCollum introduced legislation that would prohibit Israel from using U.S. aid for its settlement expansions or the detention of Palestinian children. We put conditions on money even here when we, when we give it to states and nonprofits. Today, on an extra episode of Reformer Radio, a conversation with McCollum about her proposal to put new mandates on U.S. aid to Israel, and the politics of supporting Palestine. It's Monday, May 24th. Congresswoman, you've been one of the staunchest defenders of the Palestinian people on the Capitol um, and one of the staunchest critics of Israel's military occupation, which you've likened to apartheid. I'm curious how you became animated on this issue, which on the surface wouldn't seem to have much relation to St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, human rights uh, are important to, you know, my constituents here in, in, in St. Paul and in the 4th District and in Minnesota and across the United States. Um, and I've worked on human rights issues um, for my entire career in Congress and as a, uh, as a state representative working on tribal uh, rights, human rights here, honoring our trust and treaty responsibilities in Minnesota. So whether it was going and seeing the horrific acts that the Janjaweed were doing in uh, Sudan and Darfur or um, Congo DRC, where I met with uh, women who had been uh, brutally raped, victims of torture. Um, I was recently, uh, several years ago, meeting with uh, Rohingya refugees. And of course, as you know, we have a large Tibetan community here in the Twin uh, Cities area, uh, working with them, um, working with the Korean, and um, just uh, calling out human rights abuses, even when it's our own government, right? Well, with what happened in Abu Ghraib, a prison during the Iraq War, and with what we're trying to do with closing Guantanamo. So I've worked on a lot of human rights issues, and uh, I grew up at a time when it looked like a lot of hope and opportunity for a two-state solution in the Palestinian area, and have been very uh, disappointed in um, the leadership in Israel becoming more and more extreme under Benjamin Netanyahu and more, uh, you know, oppressive of the rights of Palestinians, and the occupation needs to end, and I'm very comfortable speaking out that children shouldn't be tortured, people shouldn't lose their homes, and land shouldn't be stolen from individuals. What have the past two weeks been like for you? What have you been doing? It's been, it's just been horrific to watch. It's been, it, you know, I, I think of uh, the Palestinian families that, you know, are, are sleeping together, telling each other we're sleeping together in case we die tonight. I look on and see on the news media, you know, mothers with their Israeli children fleeing to bomb shelters because of Hamas's rockets. And, you know, Hamas uh, need 
We have a, a tentative ceasefire now, and I'm grateful for that. But the only way we're going to achieve peace is to uh, end the occupation. And that's why I'm very uh, honored with the people I work with uh, in Congress and outside of Congress on my bill of defending the human rights for Palestinian children and families living under Israeli uh, occupation. We work with human rights groups within Israel. We work with uh, human rights groups here in the United States. And um, we know that the only way we're going to achieve peace is to end the occupation. But we need to start with a reference and a talking point of what is what uh, this occupation is doing. And it's traumatizing a whole another generation of Israeli and Palestinian children, but Palestinian children in particular because they're rousted from their beds at night, some young as age 12, hooded, put in stress positions, and driven off to military detention centers without parents, attorneys, a social worker, or anybody to be there with them. And that's just wrong, and I want it to stop. Mm -hmm. You say the only uh, way to achieve peace is to end the Israeli occupation. Can you just tell me what you think that would look like? Well, part of it's going to be up to what the Palestinians want it to look like, but it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching the possibility of what I think a meaningful two-state solution uh, slip away every time there's another expansion of a settlement. And that's why what was happening in, in, in the settlements uh, three weeks ago with the expansion of um, Palestinian land being taken, uh, you know, it gives it gives the the Palestinians no 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 choice but to feel, you know, desperately that uh, that their rights are not being respected, um, and that the international community has not been paying attention to them. Well, we saw that the international community this year is paying attention and is telling Israel that they've gone too far, and that um, this this occupation. Uh, needs to come come to an end. So tell me about this bill that you've introduced this year that would put limits on U.S. aid to Israel, the Palestinian Children and Families Act. This is the third time you introduced this bill or something similar to it, I believe? That's correct. Um, so this, this bill is... Um, the, the, the fruits of many, many um, wonderful organizations. We have J Street supporting it. We have uh, faith-based groups of uh, all three major religions um, actively engaged in uh, stopping the uh, demolition of homes, the taking of land, but most importantly, um, the detention of, of these, these young children. But the, the other part of the bill is the bill says that there's, there's several different tranches of money and I think people are more aware of them that, that, that go to Israel. One is the Iron Dome system that you've heard that protects um, the Israeli citizens from uh, the rockets that Hamas is firing. Um, you know, Hamas is, is, not, is not looking for peace, and I want, um, I want peace to be achieved, and Hamas needs to be removed from the equation. Another tranche of money is uh, the military foreign aid that um, you've heard a lot in the press right now, and that is when there's we allow uh, arms sales of U.S. arms to Israel. They purchase uh, those. And then there's another tranche of money, which is $3.8 um, billion that goes towards um, uh, the Israeli government, the Israeli military, and there's no strings attached to it. In other words, the Israeli government is free to spend that money however they want. 
typically when the U.S. Con, uh, always puts conditions on foreign aid, uh, we did during PEPFAR uh, on, on, on how monies could be spent when we were fighting the scourge of uh, AIDS around the world. PEPFAR money had conditions on it. We put uh, money on um, other foreign aid that we do, whether it's maternal child health, um, and then we put conditions on money even here when we, when we give it to states and nonprofits. So it's not to, the United States government often puts conditions on money. And part of that condition is a full accounting and an audit so that there's transparency. And so what my bill is saying is we want transparency that this, you know, all this money that's just given to Israel is not being used for um, the demolition of homes, for taking of land, but most importantly, for imprisoning um, Palestinian children in these military detention centers that the Israeli military runs. And so if this had passed and been law before this latest conflict or war, as we may end up calling it, how would it have changed? I understand what you're trying to do with your question, but this in of itself, I don't know what it would have affected or not affected. Um, we would have had transparency if any of the money had been used by the Israeli police department um, for uh, what happened at the mosque when they, you know, indiscriminately started firing and, and um we would have been, we would have had transparency as to whether or not any U.S. funds were involved in the demolition of homes. Um, but I have to be honest. I, I, I know what you're trying to say, but the, the two, the two are kind of like parallel tracks. They're not necessarily the same track. Like my bill in of itself without ending the occupation, right? Is not going to bring about peace. So um, my bill just just says not one dollar of U.S. taxpayers, you know, funds are going to go for the demolition of homes, for the ill treatment of children, and for taking Palestinian lands. But we still need to get to, um, you know, a solution uh, that creates real and lasting peace, and not these temporary ceasefires that we see that that are fragile at best. But help me understand, if you're putting conditions on U.S. money to Israel, surely you would hope that this would have an effect on relations between Israel and Palestine. Well, I hope... uh, In other words, well, I I, I guess maybe I should rephrase. I wonder... I want to know that no taxpayer's dollars is going in the expansion of settlements or for detaining children. I can't control what Israel does with its money. I just want to make sure there's no U.S. money going for there. And then I'm going to, I'm going to work my very best to work with the international community and with the Biden administration to say that we need to, uh, stop the extremists from, from allowing these con- constant cycles of violence. And we need to move forward with getting, you know, thoughtful, pragmatic people who want to achieve a real and lasting peace at the table so we can end the occupation. Mm-hmm. I wonder after this latest round of violence. Do you think there's more support for your bill now? I think people are realizing that, um, especially what happened at at the mosque and, and more people witnessing what's happening with the demolition of homes, people who are paying attention are realizing that uh, Palestinian rights are uh, human, basic human rights are being violated and that um, we have real real uh, issues that need to be addressed uh, 
uh, diplomatically, and the United States needs to be an honest broker on it. And it's just not between the Palestinians right now and the Israelis. There are Israeli citizens who are Arab and Israeli citizens who are uh, Jewish, and they have taken into the streets the extremes in those two groups of openly fighting, with synagogues being burnt, which is, you know, abhorrent, uh, and then uh, uh, equally abhorrent people uh, chanting in the street, burn the Arabs. So Israel should be recognizing that this occupation is not working, working out for them very well, uh, both internationally, both in the Palestinian uh, occupied area, but it's starting to have you know, repercussions of violence and um, disruption in their own country mm-hmm. by their own fellow citizens. What do you think President Joe Biden should be doing right now? Well, part of uh, your question is, I mean, he should be, you know, speaking very forcefully, and perhaps he has been, because these are not all public conversations, right? But he should be telling the Benjamin Netanyahu that this occupation um a cycle of violence uh, is not going to be um, supported by the United States. The United States is not going to support an ally, and Israel is an ally. Israel's a fellow democracy. It's not going to stand by silently and watch human rights violations of the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. What do you think are the responsibilities of Hamas and other Palestinian political and military groups in this conflict? Well, Hamas is a terrorist organization. I do happen to to agree agree with with that stance. Uh, the PLO, um, the Palestinian Authority, uh, needs to be able to have a consulate here back in the United States. They need to have um, engaged leadership um, move forward. They need to uh, hold elections and, um, you know, elect people who want to uh, come to the table and do the, the hard work of negotiating um, a peaceful solution to this occupation. The occupation has to end. For her advocacy of Palestine and criticism of Israel, McCollum has found herself more than once on the receiving end of political attacks from the powerful American Israel Public Affairs Committee, or APAC. Last year, they ran ads calling her anti-Semitic and insinuated that she and representatives Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib were greater threats to Israel than ISIS. Back in 2006, when criticizing Israel was still largely taboo in Congress, she voted against a bill that would have put harsh sanctions on the Palestinian Authority, which McCollum said would have cut off crucial humanitarian aid to Palestinians. By McCollum's telling, an AIPAC lobbyist tried to intimidate her, telling a member of her staff that her support for terrorists would not be tolerated. But she clapped back and actually banned them from her offices for a time, demanding a formal apology. I asked her if she feared such a sharp rebuke might have cost her her political career. I did not. I stand up to bullies. I have my whole life, even as a little girl. <laughs> um, I I knew at, at the time when um, APAC was, uh, you know, allowing me uh, to be characterized as a terrorist that I had done nothing wrong in making sure that humanitarian aid some of it from hospitals and and in health clinics here in the Twin Cities area, uh, providing cancer treatment drugs and other drugs for for children and women in the Palestinian Authority. That that was that that, that was a good thing to do. And so um, I knew I was on the on the side of doing what was right. So I was not intimidated. 
being a leader on this issue, um, you've taken on a divisive issue without being a divisive person. And I guess I'm just curious how you've approached that and how do you how do you do that? I think it's in the way I think it was the the family, the community, and the country I lived in, I grew up in, right? I had a family where I had a Protestant mother and a Catholic father, and I used to get bullied and criticized by both Protestants and Catholics that, you know, my uh, other parent was less than, or I wasn't God-fearing, or I wasn't a real Christian. Um, my mother was a Republican. My father was a Democrat. They both, uh, you know, wanted us kids to have good schools. They might have had different people that they voted for during the time, but there was never any... Um, personal attacks, uh, decisions were based on fact, and um, people were always respected. And I grew up uh, as a young person during the civil rights movement and, you know, remember the bombing. I was the same age of the young girls who were bombed in, in, in the South, um, you know, when attending Sunday school. I remember that Sunday. I had just come back from catechism uh, to find that on the news. So um, it, it is... The way to have dialogue is to um, be respectful, uh, to be truthful, and to try to find common ground. But when the bullies come after you, um, it's hard to do sometimes, but you just can't let them intimidate you or shut you down. You have to stand up and, as John Lewis would say, sometimes make a little good trouble. Mm. Representative McCollum, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. You are welcome. Have a great day. And if you're in the Twin Cities, I, I'm going to be running out to a car to get to my next meeting. And I see you down. Yeah, course, I hope so you have dry. an umbrella. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. This show was produced by me, Max Nesterak, and edited by Patrick Kulikin. Special thanks to Johnny Vince Evans, who composed our theme. This show is new, so help others find it. Tell your friends and family to subscribe and leave us a good review on Apple Podcasts. If you have feedback or story tips, you can drop me a line. Max at Minnesota Reformer, all spelled out, dot com. Our next episode lands this Friday. Have a great week.